Hi, everyone. I know recently we announced we were going to two episodes a week and then three episodes a week. But you know what? There are just too many episodes. So we are going to back to five episodes a week. Still a reduction from seven, but there were just too many interviews scheduled, and I didn't want to make all the authors wait for too long. So I hope you can keep up with me. Listen to one a week as you're on your way to work or on your way home or putting your kids to bed or whatever it is you're doing. Moms don't have time to read books now five times a week. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Today's episode has been sponsored by Jay McLaughlin. Jay McLaughlin is a timeless lifestyle brand with incredible style and a spirit of connection. I am obsessed with Jay McLaughlin and have been so honored that they are sponsoring my Zibiverse tour. It just so happens that the tour goes to so many communities and areas of the country that have Jay McLaughlin stores. And I love that the brand is philanthropic through Jay McLaughlin's local and loyal programming host store events to give back to organizations that are meaningful to Jay McLaughlin's local communities. I also love the fact that the clothes are just so chic. They make me feel polished and modern. And the best part is that most of the line comes in fabrics that don't wrinkle. I especially love the dresses, the cashmere sweaters, the other sweaters. You'll see them all over my Instagram. I typically tag at Jay McLaughlin. And so you can check it out. It is absolutely one of my favorite brands and I am over the moon excited to be working with them. In fact, I want to share the love with all of you. Jay McLaughlin is giving 20% off new customers and listeners of my podcast with special code ZIBBY20, capital Z-I-B-B-Y 20. That's 20% off for new customers and listeners of the podcast with special code capital Z Zibby 20. Take advantage of it today. My favorites are this white open long cashmere sweater that I've been wearing on every flight that I've taken on this tour. I have a blue with light blue horizontal striped sweater, several dresses I even wore on Corny America. Check it out. Jay McLaughlin. Thanks so much. Hi, this is Zibby Owens, and you're listening to the award-winning podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. I'm also the host of Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight, and I'm the editor of the anthology, which you should run out and buy, called Moms Don't Have Time to, a quarantine anthology. All proceeds of that book go to COVID-19 vaccine research. And I'm the editor-in-chief of Moms Don't Have Time to Write, a new publication on Medium, and we're accepting submissions, so please send your personal essays there. And if all that isn't enough, you can follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens, and my website is ZibbyOwens.com. Okay, now back to this amazing podcast. 
Senator Elizabeth Warren is the author of Pinky Promises. Elizabeth Warren has served as the United States Senator of Massachusetts since 2013. She is a former law professor and one of the nation's leading progressive voices. Elizabeth is the author of numerous books, including This Fight is Our Fight. She lives with her husband and their golden retriever in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Welcome, Senator Warren. Thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. (laughs) Thank you. I'm delighted to be here because I remember being a mom who didn't have time to read books. Oh, well, there you go. (laughs) So what did you do? How did you find time? You know, I I was one of those moms who read like by keeping books propped open on the kitchen counter. And so I would be stirring things on the stove. I have books. I guess people would be appalled by this, but you know, like had (laughs) popped grease on it and pancake <laughs> batter and because I kind of read all the time. I nursed both my baby bees. I'm that was I think one of the things I loved best is I could read when I did that. I and would really tell myself it was okay to be reading. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that that was what I did then. Now I'm a big Audible books fan too. I listen. Boy When the plane is landing and they make you close your computer, good for me. I'm ready to read. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Yep. Yeah, I I like listening, you know, doing the laundry or like exactly. I call the laundry always to a book. Exercise, driving. When I used to commute when I was driving, I am convinced that it was listening to books kept me from absolutely mowing down bad drivers and pounding them (laughs) into the highway. So it kept me a little more zen. (laughs) (laughs) My parents gave me like a box set of Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus, the Uh cassettes. You remember? I remember. They were all like in the little black plastic. (laughs) I had the cassettes. Oh, I still remember reading Nicholas and Alexandra, you know, this long, long, long history of, you know, the Russian families and the Russian Revolution and and what it meant for the monarchy to have the four daughters and then a son, but the son, it turned out, had hemophilia. And, you know, I can still remember being on the highway listening to this. I am now totally embarrassed by admitting what I was listening to and in contrast to what you were listening to. No, no, I also listen. (laughs) I do not underestimate the value of trash. And I I say trash, (laughs) and I mean that in a generous, loving way. Oh, I read all the assassin books. I'm totally into assassins. Maybe it says something about, you know, oh, oh, what it's like to be in Washington. And I read all of it. I like the crime detective stuff. And, of course, I like lots of the fiction that goes on now. So, no, no, no. Never be embarrassed about what you're reading. You're reading. You let yourself get into another world. Good for you. And you've now, of course, written lots of books and have your first children's book, which yes. is Thank You Promises, which, by the way, gave me the chills reading. And I am not oh. just saying that. It's so great. I got, oh my gosh, like the confidence, watching her confidence grow as the book goes on and knowing that she could do it. And I have two daughters and two sons. And just the message was so great. And I can't wait to like read and reread it to them. So. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that because that really was the point of the book. It is about building confidence. It's about acknowledging what little girls hear about what girls can't do and who they hear it from. And then getting through that, as you notice, pretty fast. So we get a turnaround with a pinky promise from some unnamed presidential candidate. And then from that moment, having 
the little girl in this, Polly, internalized that. And each time she's in a, hmm, are you sure you can do this? This is a little scary. It's going to be a stretch here. That she's the one who squares her shoulder, holds up her pinky, and says, yes, that she can do this because that's what girls do. And to me, that's the win, is that she builds up the confidence and she jumps in to one thing after another. And you notice in the book, we never actually see whether she scores the goal or whether she wins the class presidency, because ultimately that's, that's not what's so important. What's so important is that she took on something that was a little bit hard and a little bit scary, and she jumped in on her own, and that's, that's the success. Yeah, you can't win if you don't enter the race. That's right. That's exactly right. You don't get what you don't fight for. Yep. That's right. I could come up with a few more of those too. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and I read somewhere, maybe in People Magazine or something, that you actually like did a, ga- like a galley of it yourself. Is I that did. true? I did. <laughs> you know, with the photocopy paper. Well, I've never written a children's book before. And I knew from the first day, I knew what I wanted the book to say. I knew the the arc of the book, how, what the story that this book would tell. But I don't know how to write a children's book. All I do is know how to read children's books because I read them when I was little. I read them when I was a mama. I read them when I was an auntie. I read them as a grandmother and read them over and over and over. And so I kept thinking, this is not like writing a grown-up's book where I get lots and lots of words. They're not going to be a lot of words in this book. There are words, but not, not a ton. But it's how you have to think about the story so that you want to turn the page. And so trying to get that rhythm down. So I, I wrote it up. You're going to laugh. <laughs> I wrote it up kind of on my computer two or three times till I thought, okay, here's the basic story. And I would break it, you know, page one, page two, page three, page four. And then I got photocopy paper you know, folded it over. It's like a big arts and crafts project on my kitchen table, stapled it all together and scissored out all the lines and taped them on to see if it worked. And by golly, I found out where it didn't. (laughs) And and had to, you know, readjust and rethink. But that was basically how I built it. And I kind of sketched in a couple of my... terrible. I can't draw. Can't sing, can't draw. But at least sketched in an idea that she would be talking to, you know, the her uncle who would tell her about things girls can't do. And then what was so wonderful about doing this project is then the illustrator, Charlene, took over. Charlene Chua, who's a wonderful illustrator, And she took the words and just brought them to life. She just, when I was looking for the right illustrator, oh, I had boxes and boxes of books, right? And I was also looking online at people's websites. And Charlene does girls. I mean, she does girls who are engaged and smart, not just adorable. I mean, you know, ready to go and, and, and just girls you know you like, 
And, and girls are not sure you want to cross, you know? Girls, are, <laughs> girls who eventually have some real determination. And so she was my number one choice. And she agreed to do it. We never even talked to anyone else. And she sent back, like, the first rough drawings. And it brought tears to my eyes to see the words now in the family of a picture book. Because... I had never understood about that kind of co-authorship. I've always written words. And now it's a words and pictures, words and pictures. And there's, there's just, there's so much heart and so much hope in the pictures combined with those words. Oh, what a feeling. That's yeah. so amazing. I love, I love it. hearing that. I love Aww. it. And, and by the way, I don't know if you observe, but when you were reading it, you know there's an all-picture story that runs through the background. Oh, no. Did I miss oh. something obvious? No, I'm always no. missing something oh, no, so no. obvious. I didn't say it that way. It's, it's <laughs> Bailey, the burrito-eating dog. Have you noticed what a, I didn't what a naughty boy he is in the background over and over? So my hope is... I understand children's picture books. I remember him eating the soccer ball. There you go. Yeah, I saw him eating the soccer ball. picking up on one. And remember when he knocks down the lamp? That's true. And he gets a hold of the pipe, right, over and over. And then there's that poster at the school, Wanted, the dog who ate the burrito. (laughs) (laughs) But the fun about this, and I, I had told Charlene about this, that I wanted Bailey in it not for words, but as a secondary story, because I think of picture books as something you don't read once. You read them again and again and again and again and again, right? And that at some point in the third or the fifth or the ninth reading, the child you're reading this to will read it back to you. Mm -hmm. That is, will say, there's that Bailey. And the child gets to tell the story on her own. Oh, Bailey's being a bad boy. Or, oh, look what Bailey did. And, and that that encourages the, the child to interact more with the book, that, that she owns that book as well. She doesn't just have to wait for the person who actually knows how to read to be able to take her through this book, that she has a little punch to put back into the book. You know, like I said, the book is all about Confidence, persistence. And anyone can really be a storyteller. Yep. You know, that's what you're really teaching her alongside Uh her own. I like that. That's a a good way to put it, Zibby. That's right. That's right. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) Everyone can be a storyteller. Just let's nurture that. You can use that. You can use that for the rest of your interviews. Thank you. Okay. Good. I'll give you credit. (laughs) I'll send you 25 cents every time I use it. No, that's great. I won't hold you to it. Okay. (laughs) Where did your Pinky Promises tradition come from? I mean, I know you do this all the time. Where did it start? How did you start doing it? Well, it started when I was told what girls can't do. And that was in 2011. I had been in Washington after the financial crash, after I got in that consumer agency through it. I spent a year setting it up. But that was it. I was not going to be named director. I headed back to Massachusetts. We had a Republican senator in Massachusetts who was going to be up for re-election in 2012. And I got all these calls from people who said, you should run. And they would say, you should run. 
you will lose, but you should run. <laughs> Understand, they said to me, Massachusetts is not ready to elect a woman to the United States Senate. It's an old boys club. They'll let a woman be secretary of state, but that's it, girl. It's not going to happen, but you should run. Nobody's going to beat him, so don't worry about it. You should run. So I did get in the fight, and I thought about from the very first day, well, okay, I'm not going to win. At least I'm going to make every day count. And the way I decided to make every day count is every time I would meet a little girl, I would drop down on one knee and I would say, hi, my name is Elizabeth and I'm running for Senate because that's what girls do. And then we would do a pinky promise to remind each other what girls do. And after a while, it took on its own life. So near the end, it's getting to be like September, October of 2012, you know, a full year later, after I'd gotten in the race, the, the election's coming up, it's nip and tuck. You know, I'm within striking distance. I'm down like a point or two. And people start showing up at our campaign headquarters, not also at the stops, but at our campaign headquarters. I remember going in on a Saturday morning and there was just this entire room full of, of daddies with little girls, little, little, little girls and medium-sized girls and teenage girls and very senior girls uh, <laughs> who wanted their pinky promises. And that was the origin of both the pinky promise and what became the selfie line. And so I actually ended up ending, winning the Senate race. But years later, when I ran for re-election, six years later, I would have young women come up to me. And they would say, oh, I'm so excited to meet you. We did a pinky promise when I was nine, when I was seven. Here, here's my picture. Here you are with me and my little baby sister. Here we are. And I thought, you know, this is how you make things count. Yeah, I'm really glad I won. And it let me get into a lot of fights. Yep. And, and <laughs> look, and I wish I, you know, I, it would have been nice if I could have won the presidency. But I didn't. But I'm not sorry I got in the fight. I'm really glad that I got in there and had a chance to fight for the things I believe in. And it's the getting in that I wanted this, this book to be about. And how better to say thank you to all the little girls who kept me going because those pinky promises weren't just something I gave to them. They were, they were something we gave to each other. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Oh, that's really sweet. I love that. I was meanwhile watching all these videos of you giving the pinky promises and like learning the backstory. And meanwhile, in the back of my head, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, like COVID in COVID times, these pinky promises, I was like cringing inside. Like, I hope they're okay. You know? <laughs> I know. And you know, I wrote this when literally I could not touch a child. Ugh. You know, I wrote this right in the middle of COVID, long before we got the vaccine. I'm going back and forth with Charlene as we're illustrating, and it was, it was almost as if it intensified the feelings around it. When I wrote this book, I didn't know when we were going to have a vaccine. I didn't know when I would be able to see in person my own two granddaughters. You know, it. So Polly, the little girl in this, becomes in some way, she's my substitute. She's, my, she's where I poured all those pinky promises for a year and a half. But, but you are right. In the days of COVID, this is all, this is all different. And we've got to get this behind us. What is going to happen with Polly? Are there more books coming? Do we get to follow her narrative a little further? Right now, obviously, what I'm really doing is is totally focused on wanting a lot of people to meet Polly. And, and frankly, people will tell me if people <laughs> love Polly and are interested in hearing more from Polly. But I will confess to you, Zibby, there are times late at night when I'm about to go to sleep and I think about the next thing that happens in Polly's story. <laughs> so, so we will see. We will see. I feel like there needs to be a whole thing. Yep. And then at the end, I want her giving the pinky promise. That, I want this going on and on. Need to, the whole oh, the circle. That's the right. Circle. I like yeah. that. I like that, Sibby. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm gonna. We're gonna. We're gonna keep working on this. Okay. Good. Good. <laughs> I mean, you do have a few other things, I'm sure, on your to do list, right? You know, you know. But this was never. This was never a burden, not even a little bit, because, like I said, it was. It was the fact that I got to do this and got to think very much about very specific little girls that I did those promises with. It was like a way to revisit them. And the experience, not just of doing the pinky promises to begin with, but writing the book to memorialize the pinky promises, to, to kind of have something tangible to keep around the pinky promises. I feel grateful to have had that opportunity. It's a good one. Well, I think especially for someone who reaches so many people in your work, right? You're constantly out there showing these intimate connections. I mean, really, that's how change yeah. happens. That's how connections happen is this, these one-on-one -on -one moments. Mm -hmm. And that's and then they build over time. So, like, I just love the whole story. I just... Oh, uh, good. Uh, I'm so glad. You know, and it is interesting. This comes exactly at the moment in Washington when we're talking about making for the first time 
a real investment in child care and raising the wages of our child care workers and preschool teachers so that we acknowledge the importance of the work we do and making universal pre-K something that, that we believe in as a nation for our children. You know, those are big deals and yeah. very much, of course, the fight that I'm in right now. My dad thinks that teachers shouldn't be taxed. They shouldn't hey, have to pay tax. Your dad may be onto something. We should take a look at this. You should. But it really is the importance. You know, I was a public school teacher way back at the beginning for me. This is, it was my dream from second grade. I wanted to be a public school teacher. And nobody in my family had gone to college. You know, my dad, my daddy ended up as a janitor. My mom worked a minimum wage job at Sears answering the phones. College just didn't look like it was there for me, and a whole series of things had to unfold. And ultimately, I graduated from a commuter college that cost $50 a semester. And I got to teach special ed, and I loved it. And then I got pregnant and got pushed out of the job because that's the way the world worked then. And so I, I think of how grateful I am for the doors that were open for me, college that you could pay for on a part-time waitressing job, not here today. Pregnancy discrimination, worse back then, but still here today. And how that's very much shaped many of the fights that I'm in. I think that the importance of expanding opportunity for women for people of color, for people with disabilities. I think that that's just, we can't overstate why letting everyone get a chance to be in the fights that they want to be in, to be able to make the contributions they want to make. To me, that's, that's what real progress means for a nation. Um, that we expand opportunity like that, then we become more like the nation that I think we want to be. So that's why I stay in these fights for little girls and big girls and their brothers and their daddies and their uncles and all of them. It's too bad it has to be a fight at all. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> what advice would you have for aspiring authors? Oh, know for sure what you want to say. Coming in and just mumbling around, you're going to have a hard time. I mean, it's going to be a very painful process. I know because Pinky Promises, I think it's my 13th book. Now, remember, I've written all kinds of books. Persist came out last spring, which is my latest. Actually, talking about being a teacher and a mother, being a woman in politics and policy. But also, I've written case books in law. That's where I actually started because I was a law professor. But I think it's really important to know what you're trying to do. And the second part is, for me, I have to get my audience very clearly in mind. Every day that I worked on Pinky Promises, I saw a grown-up, maybe a grandma, maybe an auntie, maybe a daddy, with an arm around a child, usually a girl, and they were sitting together reading this book. And they are the two people I'm talking to. And I think that if you keep the audience in mind the same way with my first book, 
it was a law class, and I knew what what those students looked like, and it's true for my second and third books. Then it becomes almost like a conversation. It's almost like either talking to each other or, or like sending each other notes. And in the case of a children's book, like I said earlier, because the words are are so much smaller than the books I usually write, it's almost like sending love notes to someone. But that that would be my advice. Know what you want to say and know exactly who you want to say it to. I love that. That's so great. Yeah, you never know who you're going to reach. And as long as you get your message across, it's pretty awesome. Anyway, I will be that. I will be your target audience tonight. I'll be reading this to my kids many times. It'll be great. It'll be great. (laughs) And let me know how it works. Yeah, they're much more important than me. Yeah, for sure. Hands down. And I guarantee you they will notice the dog subplot Uh, immediately. I think that's great. And they may not on the first time through, because, you know, there's a lot going on in those pictures and lots of great color. Yeah. But I I suspect they will find Bailey. Tell me if they found Bailey faster than you did in terms of how he's a, a recurring background theme. Will do. And, and <laughs> Holly's sidekick. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for coming on, Senator Warren. This is such a pleasure. And Oh, thank you. Really, really it's so great. good to be here with you. Nothing's more fun <laughs> than talking about books, especially the books we get to read to our children. I totally agree. <laughs> All thank right. you. Have a great day. Thanks for everything. Thanks, okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.